is it doesn't matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert. The question is, are you willing to learn from the other? Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. And today my guest is Brendan from Master Talk. Brendan, how are you? I'm awesome, Matt. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what Master Talk is? Yeah, absolutely. So, so Master Up is a YouTube channel that I started to help the world master the art of communication and public speaking. How I started was when I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. So think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So other guys my age were playing football or something, something I wasn't really qualified to do. I, I just practiced a lot on presentations, so I did competitively. Got a great job as a technology consultant at IBM after I graduated. Kind of just asked myself, what's next in life? And I started making YouTube videos in my basement because I wanted to help some people out. Cool. And it's Master Talk on YouTube. You can just search Master Talk. I found it right away. And I think that, I mean, there's lots of stuff here. We don't talk too much about public speaking on the podcast, which is why I wanted to have you on. But also, I mean, we talk constantly about that you need to be able to have a clear communication method with your clients. And public speaking is one of those things that people just either they're scared of it or maybe they don't want to work on it or it's something that just doesn't cross their mind until you know, now they got to stand up in front of a business networking group of 50 people and talk and they're like, ah, 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 you know. So let me let me ask you first, what do you think are kind of some of the most common mistakes that people have when it comes to public speaking? Right. I would say the biggest one and the, the really the only one that matters is that most people don't know how to practice public speaking properly. So let's say, for example, we're trying to learn a new skill and we both want to learn piano. So we've got two options. Option one is saying, okay, Matt, let's get like 15, 20 songs together. Let's figure this. And if we're Mozart, that's going to work. But most of the times it's we're not Mozart, it's not going to work. But if we pick one song and we just say, let's get this one song right. Three months to keep working at it. We go to a black tie event, some fancy gala, some schmancy place, and we see a piano. And you look at me and you go, Brandon, let me play that one song that I know. Start rocking on the piano. Everyone gathers around. You go, wow, Matt, have you been doing this for years? You go, yeah, no big deal. I'm pretty good at this, actually even if you only know one song. That analogy we can apply for any skill. We do one thing a lot until we get it right. But in presentations, we don't do that. At work, at school, in general, whenever we have a presentation to do, it's always a brand new one. So we do the presentation, we work a lot of hours to get it done, but then we throw it in the garbage and move on to the next one. Whereas what the best speakers in the world do especially in the context of marketing, Seth Godin, Gary Vaynerchuk are some examples. They only do one or two keynotes, or in Seth's case, maybe three or four, but they do it hundreds of times over until it's perfect. So do one presentation and get it right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I heard an interesting thing. I heard some people talking on a podcast. Actually, I think it was Speaking Empire was the podcast. And they were talking about how most speakers who have a talk that they do repeatedly have actually like one really long talk, like maybe it's like 90 minutes long or something. But each different talk for each different length, they're able to cut it into a certain number of pieces that kind of flow together. Right. <laughs> you, you got that down. I, I do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> You know, what's funny is it kind of reminds me of I used to play pool league, like billiard pool league. 
and no one practices, right? Pool. Like it's just not something that people go, ah, I'm going to go practice some pool. And then if they do practice, they just shoot some balls around kind of thing. But I learned from a couple of guys who were in the kind of pro semi pro level that they would go out and they would be like, I'm going to put this ball at this spot on the table and I'm going to shoot it in the pocket a hundred times until they get like a hundred out of a hundred. They don't stop doing that one thing. Right. And then it would be like, I'm going to shoot the ball off the rail and have it come back a certain distance. And they would do that over and over and over and over and over and over. Right. And nobody practices like that for pool or public speaking for that matter. <laughs> right. And, and just to summarize your thoughts there in a cool way for people, Sam Altman, who's the CEO of OpenAI with Elon Musk and all that jazz, has a quote that I just love. Extreme people get extreme results. And what you mentioned there is just true. If you're normal, you're going to get the same results as everyone else. So if you want to get results that no one else is able to get, you need to do what most people aren't willing to do. Absolutely. Man, it's about action, right? It's about taking action and doing something and not just talking about it. And uh, I, I would even push that and say it's obsession, not even action. <laughs> I mean, try to get a ball in a pocket a hundred times. <laughs> I must have spent hundreds of hours. Don't play pool against me, people. <laughs> just say it. Lesson learned. You know, it's odd about pool. And it's kind of with a lot of things is that you don't find out how good people are that are really good at something until you do all that practice and you get really good at it and you go out to like a tournament or something and like all the people kick your ass. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I guess they've been practicing a little more than I have. All right, so let's get back onto it. So sorry, I didn't mean to get too sidetracked there, but a lot of people talk about like that they don't like to stand up and talk in front of people or they have stage fright. You had a video with some ways to overcome stage fright. What's a good way for people to kind of get started on that? Right, so there's a couple of things that we can talk about. The one thing I really want to focus on stage fright is this idea of asking yourself the simple question. The question is as follows. How would the world change if you were an incredible speaker? If you were a top one speaker in the world, best of the best, how would the world change? And if your answer to that question is, you know, I'm going to get a promotion at work, you're answering it the wrong way. But if you answer something like this, hey, you know, I have a lot of trouble communicating with my partner. It's going to be much easier now to, to speak a lot more openly and honestly. The dinners that I have with people, I'm going to be a lot more likable. I'm going to be able to listen more, make conversations more interesting. That charity that I'm trying to help, I'm going to be able to raise more dollars. That is how you incentivize yourself to be a master communicator in the right way. Because remember, everyone, I started Master Talk when I was 22. Who the hell am I to coach C-level executives, which is what I do today, on communication? They're double or in some cases triple my age. Why do they listen to me and why do I have the confidence to do that? It has nothing to do with drinking a glass of water or breathing or praying, right? It's about having a belief system. What is the world that you're trying to create and what lengths will you go to make sure those ideas are heard? And if that matters enough for you, you'll still have the fear like everyone else, but the message will outweigh the fear and you'll be off to the races. That's fantastic. I, I don't really bring the age thing into stuff. You hear a lot of people talk about like, you know, oh, well, what's this person going to know if they're like a 24 year old life coach or something like that? But it doesn't mean that they don't have anything valuable to share, right? I mean, it's totally not about age. I agree. The reason I mentioned that, by the way, is to make sure people don't have an excuse. So if I can do it, you better be getting ready with your communication. That's or you get the opposite excuse where they go, well, I'm too old to learn this now. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, well, I mean, old dog, new tricks kind of thing that totally doesn't true. Like, it's just not a true thing. You can learn stuff whenever. 
you know, people say, oh, well, I, I can't learn how to use Instagram because I'm 60. And I'm like, well, I mean, can you push buttons? Because that's fucking all you got to do. right? <laughs> like, it's, it's just a matter of figuring out how the system works. Right. And I mean, you're able to, you know, learn something else. I just I'm sorry. It's one of the things that drives me crazy when people say they can't do stuff. Just do it. Do it. Oh, dude, we're on the same page. Did you look at Gary Vee from Canada or something? <laughs> I know. I'm like, I actually, I, I saw Gary Vee at Digital Agency Expo last December. That's and awesome. it was a pretty good talk. You know, it's super annoying about public speaking talks when you're like in the crowd and, and you have this valuable resource to this person who's a speaker who has all this knowledge and stuff. And then they open it up for questions and people waste the question time with like really asinine questions or stuff. That's not even a question. Uh, could I get coffee with you? That's right. Like, <laughs> come on people. The rest of us would like to learn something from them too. I, I don't want to do the race for sprint for the mic against a bunch of people who are going to be like, Hey, I think you're the best. <laughs> Thanks. You're fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You're so awesome. This is great. This is true. It's annoying as shit, by the way. I totally agree. But anyway, let's get back into it again. So a lot of people complain that they're introverts and they're like, well, I can't go public speaking because I'm an introvert. And you say introverts are probably some of the best public speakers. So why is that? Right. So there's so many reasons, but let's kind of think of this statistically. Does it really make sense for us to say the following? Everyone in theater must be an extrovert. How does that make any sense? Are you telling me that all 7.3 million people who do theater in the world, whatever the number is, are 100% statistically extroverts? Just complete nonsense, right? So it's clearly a myth. So let's break that even further. There are three things that introverts just do better than extroverts, period. Number one, they're better listeners. I talk a lot, as you can probably tell, because that's why I'm a podcast guest, which means... I listen less. Obviously, I listen more, but you know what I mean? So on average, I'm spending less time listening, which means I'm not tailoring my presentation up to what Matt wants out of this conversation, what people are listening want out of this. Introverts don't have the same issue because they spend more time in silence. Number two, the silence, the pause. Pauses are the foundation of public speaking. And guess what? Extroverts struggle so much with this because whenever I'm at an event at a party, I always want to keep talking. So if there's space in the middle, I start to freak out Whereas an introvert just looks at me and goes, eh, pauses. I mean, that's easy. And they master in three days. And I'm just like, how did you do that? That took me three years. You know, I remember that from doing sales. So I used to do like commission sales, like hardcore sales, right? For electronics and shit. And so you would have these, these extrovert people that, you know, as soon as someone comes in the door, they just like run up to them and they start a conversation and they start talking to them. And just like out of the blue, like in seconds, they're like best buddies with somebody, you know, I totally was not that way. But, you know, like with this guy, we called him Crazy Mike, we called him Crazy Mike because he was like this insane alcoholic sales guy. But he had the best sales numbers in the whole company. Right. Like by a long shot, like it wasn't even in the mark. Like he was number one and like two and three put together didn't have as many sales as Crazy Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm working in this electronic store. Right. And the, the company itself doesn't exist anymore, actually. I think got sold or something a few years ago, but I mean, when crazy Mike is running the ship, what else could you expect? <laughs> crazy Mike ended up getting fired because apparently when you're drunk and saying stupid shit at work, eventually you get fired no matter how good your sales are. But 
somebody would walk in and he would like run up to them and and he'd be like, hey, how you doing? And they'd be like, I'm just looking. And he's like, have you ever heard like a three thousand dollar pair of speakers? And they're like, no. And he's like, come on, I got an ACDC. You got to check this out. And he would just like drag them into a room and like start cranking up like hard rock and like just like partying out. <laughs> and these guys would come in for like an alarm clock and they'd walk out with like a six thousand dollar stereo system. Right. It was just insane. But what happened was it didn't didn't work with everybody. It worked for, you know, like I don't know if he's good at picking and choosing those people. But on the other hand, when it came to somebody who, you know, they are looking for something specific and you're trying to help them get what they need and everything. And you get to this point where you have to ask for the sale. The extroverts just keep talking and talking and talking and talking. And then the people just walk. Right. And then you got to follow up with them on the phone and all this kind of stuff, try and get them back in the store and all this kind of shit. But what the kind of introverted people would do is. Once you got somebody, you got it figured out what they want. You, you know what you need. And you say, all right, so I got all this put together. You know, this looked good. Should we go cash this out so you can take it home? And you don't talk until they say yes. <laughs> right. And I mean, it, it was a pressure sales environment. I don't suggest doing that anymore. You know, in your B2B sales, that's not the way to do it anymore. But anyways, I just thought that was an interesting story about the the, the pause of the Internet versus our our crazy uh, sales guy who used to go down to like the car car stereo installation bay and drink a six pack for lunch. <laughs> this is off topic, but after the shows or be sure to send me the podcast episode you did with Crazy Mike. I'd love to learn from him. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'll have to look him up sometime. I don't even know if he'd be still alive. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. We need to get him on a podcast. Come on. Well, yeah. Well, he, he would be definitely in his 50s by now if you're drinking that much. Yeah, it could be tough. Good for you to do your do. Well, we'll see. All right. So. Right. Third thing. Third thing yeah, third with introverts thing. Uh, that's important is this idea that introvert speakers are a lot less polarizing. So to build on your point, you know, the whole silence thing. If you think, if you think about Gary Vee, and I'm a huge fan of Gary Vee, you have a group of people who absolutely love him, like me. And then you have the other camp who just go, I hate this guy. This guy's too loud. He's too obnoxious. But if you think about Susan Cain, Brene Brown, Seth Godin, nobody goes up to those speakers and goes, I hate these people. I hate Brene Brown. Nobody says that, right? The reason is because since they're introverted speakers, they're a lot less polarizing than an extrovert would be who alienates a, lot, a big portion of their audience. So basically the punchline is it doesn't matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert. The question is, are you willing to learn from the other? That's true. Absolutely. One more question that I wanted to kind of sneak in. So, is it my favorite sandwich or something? No, no, no. It's it's not one of those. You know what? I, I hear those on podcasts a lot. And they're like, before you go, let me ask you this question. If you were a taco, what kind of taco <laughs> would you be? And I'm like, I mean, it's funny and it's kind of entertaining, but it, it's not really relevant, you know? I guess I guess crazy Mike drinking all the time wasn't really relevant either, but I was about to say, but sure. So what's the difference between like public speaking if you're giving presentations versus something like speaking on camera? So the, the big difference, and there actually is a significant one to my surprise, is this idea that when you speak on camera, it's a lot harder. So let me explain. Well, there's pros and cons to both, of course. But the reason I struggled so much on camera, this is coming from a guy who had presented like hundreds of times before he started presenting on the cam. The reason it was hard is because I was lonely. I was in the dark in a room, nobody to talk to. I had my camera in front of me, which was my phone at the time. And I didn't have any lighting or nothing. So I hated it. 
because there's there's no energy exchange. Whereas when I'm in an, an audience of like 500 people, I know that would scare a lot of people who are listening. But to me, that was just like, oh, like I can talk to them before I start speaking. And it was cool. So the big difference, uh, I would say, is what, that's the one. So if you, if you get really comfortable with people, you can use your audience as a leverage, as a gain to your audience and your energy that you can't do with the camera. But the biggest advantage of camera is that it allows you to scale your ideas to millions of people. So I've been coaching for what, like four or five years now? I had no intention of being a YouTuber. Is that like for 12-year-olds or something? It's not my thing. But the reason I decided to is because I realized I was going to die at some point in my life and not be able to meet everyone who needed me because people are going to be born in life that I just won't get the chance to talk to. That's why I went on video because if you get it right once on video, you can share that one video forever. And that's the magic and the power of this medium. So my advice to people and how you want to think about both, because it's not really which one is better, which one's worse, or which one's harder, but rather saying, the key to mastering communication is to be a master of one. Because if you become a master of one, you slowly become a master of all. Get presentations right, and you'll be a more confident conversationalist, which will then lead you to be better on camera, et cetera, et cetera. Perfect. Yeah, and that's the power of the platforms like YouTube. And, and you know, there's other ones. It's not just YouTube. Obviously, everybody puts their stuff on YouTube first. But there's like Vimeo and, you know, a bunch of others. But, like, I've got people who've done talks sometimes eight, nine years ago that are still bringing them clients or they're still like getting views and views and views and views that, that, you know, there's ads that run on them. And so they're getting monetization. It's really different than kind of uh, maybe like a syndicated TV show or like the OTT TV shows and stuff you see now where that stuff can live on that platform and be found forever. And, uh, you know, it could keep bringing you value and bring value to the people who are watching it, which I think is a really powerful thing, especially if you're in business, right? So, Brennan, thank you so much for being on. Master Talk is the channel, and we will have that in the show notes. It's hookseo.com slash podcast. All right, guys, go watch Master Talk videos and learn how to be a better communicator. And again, Brennan, thanks for coming on. Of course, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.